Uh, how's everybody doing? You feeling good this morning? Welcome to New Heart Church. Hey, if you're here for the very first time, we're so glad that you're here. We're in this series called Every Single Sunday. We're glad that this Sunday is the Sunday you decided to be here at New Heart Church or watching it online as well. Come on, give a huge hand to all of our first-time guests. Come on, big hand for all of our first-time guests. We're so glad you're here this morning. Um, we're, uh, we're in this series uh, that you, you might have seen every single Sunday. We've been talking about consistency, and we've been talking about this idea of every single Sunday. And uh, before we get into uh, this morning, uh, just for the next couple of minutes, I'd love to pray. So if you would, let's all pray together. Father, we pray this morning, God, that you would hear every prayer. God, that every single person here God, you would actually start working in their hearts specifically. God, this morning, God, whatever they need, God, be that for them. God, I pray that they would actually feel you moving in their life, God, in such a real and powerful way. God, we don't want to leave the same this morning. We're here for something to happen. And God, we actually are putting our faith up in expectation for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. 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 Thank you all for your wonderful uh, comments about the Bears last week playing Chiefs. You guys are real sweet. You guys are wonderful. I say that super sarcastically. Um, I, uh, I, I was thinking about this idea of consistency. We've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. And this morning, I want to talk about this idea. Um, I entitled this message, Holy Hits and Misses. And uh, I actually uh, saw this play out with my, uh, my daughter, Piper. And uh, she is just... I mean, she's just joy in a bottle. I mean, she's just, I mean, every, she just, I mean, run, nothing's wrong in her life. Everything's great. She's excited most all the time. And it's just wonderful to see. She got this little toy because uh, she loves playing with um, our sink. So uh, her, her grandma got her a, uh, a sink that you put some water in and it has a battery and so it like, she can like play with it. Like, you know, like, it, it, I, know, I know it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I was like, why don't we have these when I was growing up? But it, she's sitting there playing with the water and playing and you know, washing the cups and all that. And one of her favorite things to do is to stick the cup under the, uh, uh, under the, the, the water spout and turn it on and turn it off and move the cup in and out and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and what I saw her doing was she kept putting the cup in, getting a little water, and then moving it out. Just getting enough water in it and then moving it out. And then she'd look at me and go, ah, because she wanted it to fill. But, you know, I had to explain it, girl, if you want to fill, you got to keep it under. But she wanted to keep moving it, you know, like she wanted to fill and to keep moving it. And I started thinking about this idea of how so many times we want stuff from God, but it really kind of depends on where we position ourselves, really, really does. And then, then I, I, I read this scripture a while ago, and then I, actually God brought it back to me a couple weeks ago when I was preparing. I, I want to read this in 2 Kings 
chapter 13, verse 15. And Elisha is the prophet right now. He's talking to the king, and they're about to face this huge fight. And Elisha's talking to the king, and he, he says, go, go get a bow and, and some arrows. King did what he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands, which I love that. This is not part of the message, but I just love the idea of when you're putting your hand on something, how powerful it is when community comes and surrounds you and they put your, their hand on what you've got your hand on. And so that's not part of it, but I just read that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, then he commanded, open the eastern window. He opened it, and then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow, and Elisha proclaimed, he's, he's prophesying what is going to happen. He said, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. And for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Alpec. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God, Elisha, the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have completely beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed but now you will be victorious only three times. And I read this. Now, this seems a little like, okay, this seems a little petty. Why, you know, why did you? you and, and, and I was reading it. I realized the power of consistency. And where the king grabbed these arrows and hit one, two, three, and thought, that's probably enough. The prophet said, if you would have kept going, something would have been completely destroyed in your life. But because you stopped when you felt like it was good enough, come on church, when you stopped when you felt like it was good enough, now you're only going to win a battle, but not win a war. And so I started thinking about these holy hits and misses because I feel like in my own life, I'm a little more hit and miss than I would like to be. I'm a little more, uh, sometimes I hit and then sometimes I miss. Sometimes I put the cup under to get some water, but then sometimes I move it back and I'm not getting filled the way I need to be filled because I just got enough. And I, I started thinking about this idea about so many times we let enough be the ruler of our life instead of staying consistent even when things are going good because God says I'm going to do even more than you could ask or think of or imagine in your life and you start letting consistency lead you. I'm going to keep going back over and why don't we hit the ground not just five times but 20 times? Why, why, why is it only three? Why is it only because because I'm, I'm, as I'm thinking about my own life, I'm realizing that when you aim for good enough, you'll never get more than enough. When you aim for good enough, you'll never get more than enough. And there are things in our life, I'm gonna move this back, right? 
and not spill it. Look at this. Wow. Okay, easy there. Uh, I, um, I, I thought about this idea. In my own life, there are things that I aim for that I want to see happen, but I wonder if I stop too soon because it's good enough when God wants to give me more than enough. There are things in our life right now that, so I'll, I'll say it this, well, I'll think about it with my own life. Um, like five years ago or something, I, I uh, injured my Achilles tendon pretty bad. And I don't like talking about it a lot because I'm like, who wants to talk about stuff that's going wrong in your life? But sometimes it flares up. I start limping and people are like, what's wrong? And I'm like, God, I need this stuff. And I, I just, it, 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 so I've been working on it for a while. It's been a while. Um, now, it, it, some of you know um, Luke Wilson, who is uh, one of our worship pastors, who plays that amazing guitar up there. He's not only really good, yeah, you can, you can clap for him a lot more than that, but he's not, uh, he's not only amazing at that, but he's actually a physical therapist. And he is really, really good. And so he's been helping me trying to help me. And so usually I call Luke when I'm hurting, right? I, I call him, okay, and he lays, he's so wonderful and nice. Also, he will make you cry uh, for, for real. He, he seems sweet. But when you go in the office and he says, okay, let's, let's work on this thing, and he starts touching you with those hands of death, you start feeling... Like, oh, wow, you're real nice, but also you, you're coming for my soul. And, and so he, he's, but he said, okay, you need to do these kind of stretches, and this will help you. And guess what? When I do them, they help me. And I'll do them when I'm not feeling good. But this, as soon as I start feeling better, I stop doing them. And then I go back to feeling bad. And then I start doing the stretches. What about novel idea? What about doing the stretches when you feel good? Why would I do that? Right? Or use... Use the Bible as an illustration. Why would I hit the ground 20 times when three was good enough? Because when you aim for good enough, you'll never get more than enough. And I'm trying to talk to us about our propensity for wanting relief over healing. And so many of us will do what we need to do to get relief. But you really don't want relief. You want healing. But the way that you act in our, your life and the way that I act in my life is I just really will do enough to get relief. But I won't do enough to get healing. So I will forgive people enough so that I can get on with my life 
but I won't consistently forgive so that I will become a forgiver of people every time I walk into the room. I, I won't, I, see, I'll pray for my family until they start acting right, but when they act right, I'll stop praying for them until they get in some, some kind of trouble again. I, I'm telling you, we get this thing in our mind that says I'm going to just do this thing to get relief, but God doesn't want to give you just relief. He wants to heal you. So you trust people enough till you get a crowd of two or three, but you don't trust people past those people. And you say you're healed, but you're really not healed. You've just gotten some relief. And unfortunately, we do the right things so many times just to get enough. But consistency, doing the right things at the right time over time, will give you healing, not relief. So you keep doing the right things when you see things happening the right way and you don't stop them. God wants to pour in your life so much more than just enough. He wants more than enough. He wants more than enough for your life. He wants more than enough for your family. He wants more than, your, uh, more than enough for your relationships. You know, he wants more than enough for your finances. Unfortunately, sometimes we choose to look at God for our finances on, uh, when they're hurting. But then when we start getting more, we push God aside and said, I'm doing pretty good with my bank account at this time. Not realizing that it was God that got you to that place. But you for, have forgotten gotten the thing that got you there in the first place. And I'm telling you, we are not strong enough to keep pushing ourselves in the right way. We've got to do the right things over time with consistency because that's where you start getting more than enough, not just enough. I'm afraid our churches, the Big C Church, has gotten used to handing out Advil instead of healing and wanting to mask pain instead of get healed from pain. Because God wants to give you not relief but freedom. And that freedom only comes through consistency of doing the right thing hitting the ground more than three times and saying, man, I'm going to keep going. 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 There's things that you've done. There are things. See, here's the thing. Pain is a great motivator. Right? So, some of you get motivated by pain more than others. But at every point, at some point, you realize that the reality of your situation needs to change because of pain, right? Pain has eaten through the wall of your denial until the, the moment you say, I give. 
I give. Now, some of you, you're awesome because your pride isn't that strong. And you give real quick. That hurts. I give. Right? Some of you, you're very strong with your pride. So you get hurt, but you're like, bring it. Life. I'm going to keep doing the same thing I'm doing. Get hit in the face. Ow, come on, do it again. Slap me on the other side. I'm tough. I'm going to keep doing this thing over and over and over. And and life is just. And you walk in, you're like, I ain't changing it for nobody or nothing. Until it hurts too much. Right? Until it hurts too much. And then finally, some, some of us really prideful people say, I, uncle, I give. And you start doing the right things. You change. You start doing the right things. Until what? Until the pain stops. And then you're like, <laughs> feel pretty good. Ooh, look at my Achilles. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to stretch. I don't need to do nothing. Uh, uh, ow! Okay, stretching. Go back to stretch. And all of a sudden, the only thing that changes us is pain. And guess where that leaves us? Always on this circle of just getting enough. Until we decide I'm changing and I'm going to keep this change in my life so it becomes a habit because I want more than enough, not just enough. I want something more than relief. Earlier this year on Vision Sunday, we, uh, as a church, and some of you, this might be new. Some of you, you remember hearing about this. We talked about this idea of making every effort. And saying this was the banner over our year at church, making every effort. And some of you have been hitting the ground, and you look at me like I've been hitting the ground for a while. And I just feel tired. And I want to let you know that there is something so beautiful about deciding I'm going to keep going. Let me, let me read this. Uh, this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. This is what we talked about. Um, or sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I want to read that again so we all hear this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God has given you everything you need. There are things that you think you need right now. I'm telling you, if you do a little detective work, God has given you everything you need to live a godly life. We have all received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. I, I, I love this. And then he says, in view of all of this, Verse 5, make every effort in view of all of the, in view of what? All the things that God has given us. 
I, I just want to say, your effort is a response to what God has already given you. Your effort is a response to what God has already given you. It's not your effort first. It's responding to God's grace in your life. You didn't forgive yourself. God forgave you. You didn't bring yourself to him. God brought you first. You didn't start all of this thing. God started this thing. God is working in your family. You're not working in your family first. God is already working in your family. God is already working in your kid's life. God is already working in your finances. God is already working in your future, and he is erasing your past, and he's bringing you into something new. God is already doing all of these things and because God is doing all of these things we are responding to this we respond to all of this why giving every effort making every effort we're gonna stand in front of God and say I'm giving you all my life I know it might not be much but God I'm laying this down in front of you because you have done everything in my life and you brought me for some really bad and dark things and God I believe that the future is bright for me so I'm giving you my whole life I know it might not be a lot but God it's all I've got and so I'm gonna lay this thing down in front of you I'm gonna make every effort and when I start making every effort that is when God responds again in kind and you start seeing things in a new light because I'm telling you it's not just good enough to have an expectation. And we talk about having expect. Oh, God's going to, God's going to bless me. Awesome. Great. And I believe that. But what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to sit here and wait for him. Okay. You guys have heard this before. Expectation without effort Right? Remember this one we said? Expectation without effort is entitlement. Expectation without effort is entitlement. And so we sit in front of God. I'm just waiting. What are you going to do? And God's like, strike the ground. Well, what about grace? What about God's grace doing stuff? I understand that. But I, I think sometimes we have an incomplete understanding of what grace is. Grace is empowerment, not entitlement. Grace empowers us to do things that we normally could not do. Not sit down in our seat and say, God, do it all. Because newsflash, God already did. God already did. He already did the things that we cannot do. And now this is our response to him to start showing up every single Sunday, to start coming to a connect group, to start being available to God every single morning and saying, God, speak to me. God, I want to know you more. God, I want your life to fill my life. God, I'm opening up every single window of my heart. God, I want to be more like you. Come on, I just don't want to know about 
about you. I want to know you. God, I, I, I'm really desperate for hearing you. I know I've been in church for 20 years, but God, I want to come back like it was my first Sunday. God, I, I'm praying that this Sunday would be like a new Sunday for me. God, I'm praying that my effort would be empowered by your grace so every step I take, God, you'd be pulling me forward. start understanding that grace isn't opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. And so you start understanding a little bit more about grace. So when you do that, it empowers you to make every effort. And so you get more hits than misses. And you start hitting the ground, not three times. Because, right, that consistency over time, I'm showing up. I know my finances are tough right now, but I'm tithing. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. I, we're, we're doing it. I know this is hard for us, but we're doing it. And, and for those, and some of you who might be like, oh, here we go, we're talking about my, just stop. That's for you. Because God, God will open up heaven on your life if you open up your finances to him. But until you do that, you're going to have to do it on your own. And unfortunately for us, so many times we think we can do it better on our own. I'm not just talking finances. I'm talking about your marriage. I'm talking about your family life. I'm talking about the things that God has called you for in the future, that God is wanting you to move towards. Don't just stop when you get some relief. We cannot be an Advil church that is just all about pain management. I'm praying, God, help us be a healing church. Because God wants to heal you from your bitterness. God wants to heal you from your disappointment. God wants to heal you from your not being able to trust people anymore. God wants to heal you from things that have happened in your past with your family and your mom or your dad. God wants to heal you in your dating relationships where you feel like you just can't get the right one or can't see the right one or that person is just not, that God wants to heal you of your need to try to fill your life with a person instead of God. And so you keep putting the wrong person on, in the wrong seat over and over and over and your life just doesn't act right, doesn't feel right, doesn't look right because you're putting the wrong person in the seat over your life. God wants to heal you of that. He just doesn't want to take away pain. He wants to heal. Come on, church. And I'm telling you, the consistency is where it's at, where you keep hitting over and over and over because God said if you would have just gone one more time, if you would have gone five more times, if you would have gone ten more times, I would have given you complete victory over that thing. Yeah, you might get a win. You you might get a battle, but God wants to give you a war win. He wants you to be uh, completely healed, not just walking wounded. God wants to heal that. So you see a scar and you say, look, it doesn't hurt anymore. That is where it hurt, but God healed it. And because God healed it, he can heal you. 
It's not about pain relief. I want to read this scripture. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. More than enough. I I look at it like this. When you just give God a little, and you just say, okay, I'm going to give God a little, look. Okay, I got a little. I'm good. But isn't this our life where we get just enough and say, that's enough for me, my thirsty soul. But unfortunately, we don't understand that if we would stay there long enough, look, stay there long enough, what happens? Overflow. And what is overflow for? Other people. This is why it gets so hard when somebody asks you to be available for somebody else. Because you have no overflow. You have just enough for you. And God said, if you would be a little more consistent, if you would show up to me over and over and over and over, guess what? I don't stop pouring. I don't ever run out. And so I'll keep pouring as long as you keep showing up. And the more you keep showing up, the more I pour. And the more you keep giving, the more I give. And the, uh, pretty soon you realize that what God said is true. I will pour out a blessing on you. You won't have room enough to contain it. Because I will pour in such a way that you'll have overflow. You will have joy overflow. You will have peace over. Some of you are praying for just enough peace for yourself. But how about you pray for peace that overflows so that when you walk into the room, other people feel peaceful. Other people feel like, wow, what is going on when they walked out? You have joy just enough for you. But you walk in the room and other people get joyful because of the overflow of your life it's not just enough oh God we don't want just enough but you got to put yourself under stand to your feet let me read this scripture I I don't know about you but I don't want I, I don't want to keep scraping the bottom of my cup trying to get the last bit trying to give and saying I just don't even know if I have enough God doesn't want you to live on just enough whether your finances whether it's your health whether it's your mental capacity whether it's your emotional availability God doesn't want you to live on just enough 
He's praying for overflow in your life. And I don't know about you, but God, give me overflow. So I'll strike the ground. Five, six, seven, eight. I'm going to keep coming, God. Nine, ten. I don't know why I'm doing this. Seems stupid that I'm hitting the ground right now, but I'm going to keep going. 10, 11, 12. I'm going to keep forgiving even when I feel like they're not forgiving anybody and they don't deserve forgiveness. I'm going to keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. I'm not going to give just seven times. I'm just not going to forgive seven times. I'm going to forgive 70 times seven times and I'm going to keep going. And it feels like it doesn't make sense. And people are saying that you're getting taken advantage of, but I know something in heaven is changing at this moment. So I'm going to keep hitting the ground financially when it feels like debt is trying to overtake me and it feels like my job isn't where it needs to be I'm gonna keep hitting the ground over and over and over again God because I'm praying for not just enough I'm praying for overflow I'm praying for something that comes out of my ability to handle it and hold it I'm praying God for something of heaven to invade my life and God I'm gonna keep hitting the ground even when it doesn't make sense The message translation of 2 Corinthians 9 says, God can pour on the blessing, can pour, pour on the blessings in astonishing ways. So that you're ready for anything and everything. More than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the wind, giving to the needy and reckless abandon. His right-living, right-giving ways never run out and never wear out. The most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. And he gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives. Robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. I'm telling you right now, in this moment, I don't know what thing that you need to bring to God and say, I'm going to keep hitting the ground because I want more hits than misses. I don't know what that is. Is it financial? Is it healing? Is it emotional? Is it a family member? Is it something that's going on in your heart and soul that you haven't let anybody know? Is it something you're so embarrassed about that it makes you hang your head when you really think about it? Is it some hurt in your life that maybe is so fresh It's hard to even be around people right now. I'm telling you right now, this this is a moment that God right now is looking at you, looking right at you and saying, if you just keep showing up, if you would just keep hitting the ground, I know it doesn't seem or make sense right now, just keep doing that thing 
Overflow's coming. Overflow's coming. Not just relief. Come on, church. Healing. I want to show places where God has made me whole again. Because I get it. Transparency is great. And it's hard to show tra- to be transparent when you've got a wound. But I, I love transparency also when you say, look, this used to be something really bad. But God has completely healed this. Completely. I just, it's not, the pain just isn't gone. Everything works right now. So all over this room, come on, let's lift 